0: Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here. It is Greg with the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. Thank you for being here and spending a little bit of your day learning something new. We are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people that move through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I hope you are as excited as I am to get to this week's episode. Here we go. Hello friends! I have a neat episode for everyone today and it came to me as I was actually doing what I'm going to talk about. It was pretty cool. Uh, And what I was actually doing was making friction fire. Friction fire is really cool. Uh, Also known as making fire with sticks. There are a variety of ways you can do it with a fire drill or bow drill um, with a handset. A number of other, like you can actually smack rocks together and get a spark. Uh, I've used flint and steel before, but what I was doing today was using my bow drill, which I made way back when on my boss course, several years ago now. And Friction Fire is a really cool thing that I like to do. I feel that it connects me to ancestral ways of life and... Living in the past, uh, it's also a super useful skill just to have. So I thought, since I actually just made a couple of fires, why don't I talk about this? Because there is a lot of cool lessons that can be taken from, uh, number one, learning friction fire, and then number two, uh, making friction fire. So the first big one that I want to mention, and I should say I am recording this in March 2021, is that... It is an alternative way of making fire when you might need it. It is a great skill to have. Uh, it can be a challenging skill to learn, but in a situation where you might not have a lighter, you might not have your gas or electric stove top working. You might not have a barbecue working. You might not have access to power or you know the some of the great conveniences of life of this magical little plastic and uh, metal trinket uh, Making fire, which you can cook things on. you can stay warm with, you can uh, God, yeah, purify water with um, all these amazing things that that fire does. Uh, you may not have that in a simple, easy appliance or tool in case something does go wrong and again i'm recording this after the massive deep freeze hit most of north america uh low temperatures crazy high power bills uh crazy high power outages um so yeah just something that may be useful all right with that uh friction fire what exactly is it and how did you get started in it so there are many ways that you could uh, do a friction fire there's a ton of videos online a ton of articles online you can google it i first learned when i took my course with the boulder outdoor survival school while we were on that course uh, we collected all the materials we needed as part of that course so we started off with nothing we had a knife and then we went and cut some pieces of wood i have a uh, willow stock or branch that became the drill or the bow my mistake i'm not do not have a drill i have a bow uh along with some parachute cords so it was just bending getting a, a straight piece of willow and then bending it on my knee over a couple of days while it was green and then tying parachute cord on it that is the bow we had a uh, sage brush uh, big sage artemisia tridentata from the amazing country of south central utah so from the branches of those i had a spindle and from more of the the main stock of a sage big sagebrush um the little hearth board or the bigger hearth board so the if you think of it visually the spindle is the part going up and down the bow is going side to side so it's spinning the spindle on the hearth board is lying flat on the ground that creates smoke and then you are putting something else. Uh, I have a socket, which is a rock. So that goes on the top of the spindle. And that is what I push down on that creates the downward pressure, generates the friction, generates eventually smoke, and then eventually an ember. And then you blow the ember into fire. On that course, we used um, juniper bark and uh, some dry grasses that we had found and collected uh, to get our fires going so that is how i learned and <laughs> i learned a lot uh gosh on that course it was a challenge learning uh the knife craft to make the spindle make the drip bow make the hearth make the socket uh, that was that was the first the first learning curve that was involved i'm involved a lot of patience because there was a lot of intricate or not necessarily intricate things to do, but just new skills to learn and pick up. So patience, patience, patience was a very big virtue of just chipping rocks against each other to get a little divot, essentially, in the rock so that there was something for the spindle to connect into. Uh, Practice was a big lesson learned. Uh, these are, these are skills and these are things that take practice to, uh, number one, to learn how to do so that you're not, you know, bashing the bow into your leg or breaking things um, so that you're, you're maximizing your force. It, it takes a lot to learn that. Uh, it takes more practice just to, to get a fire going and then more practice to get somewhat reliable on it. Um, I have been practicing for a couple months since I decided, Hey, I'm actually going to get back into this because I actually want to do this. And it's, uh, it's been a while. I don't get fire every time I have, have added, uh, the, the challenge myself of, I don't necessarily need to. I just want to just practice these skills, build the muscle memory, get, get the position, uh, knowing where my foot should be on the hearthboard, knowing how to lock my wrist into my shin so that I'm maximizing the downward force, I'm minimizing the exertion that I'm putting in, it's just getting used to all of those skills and being patient as some days I'll practice for an hour or two hours and not get anything close to a number. Other days, I'll get two or three or four in a row off of the first try, it just really depends, but it's building those skills. So it's having have putting the time in the effort and time to practice, as well as having the patience to yeah, um, keep going when you're not getting it every time. And that ties into the next lessons and uh, wisdom that I've gained from practicing my friction fire. Building friction fires is, uh, I have it just as a mix of three, persistence, perseverance, determination. Um, it is not something that's necessarily going to happen every time. As I get better and better, and as I can go and collect more materials for spindles, more materials for hearthboards, I am getting better, uh, but it still has taken a lot of practice to get where I was. I mean, it was a, a period of years when I didn't even look at it, that I I had kept my drill or my bow. I had kept my hearthboard, I had kept my socket rock, and I had always thought, oh, hey, yeah, I'm going to practice it. I'm going to practice it. And days turned to weeks turned to years, and it it's a little embarrassing to share that but that's really what happened. And eventually I decided, hey, I'm going to, I'm determined. I want to reconnect this skill. I want to have this skill so I can use it. And I want to be able to teach it if someone asks me how to. I want to keep these traditional and ancestral skills alive. So I was determined to do it. I was persistent. There was a number of, of days, probably the first couple of weeks, I didn't really get anything. But I wanted to try, and I played around, and I watched videos online to do that. Um, I faced a lot of failure. That's been a, a big lesson and some uh, good wisdom. Um, I think it's helped me to to not make fire, to not get an ember every time, to not even some days get a spindle carved decently enough to get anything happening, uh, to, to learn and to mess up hearthboards. It's been good because to go through those quote failures or, or learning lessons has helped me to persevere and to keep going. Uh, to learn, to learn through you call it trial and error of ways that work for me to carve ways that work for me to line things up. Uh, I've I've found a way that works for me, and I've I've even uh, taken the attempt to uh, fail using my do- non dominant hand. Which I thought, heck, you never know what's gonna happen. So it'd probably be good if I know how to tie these knots with my non-dominant hand, if I know how to use the bow with my non-dominant hand, because wouldn't that be cool to actually make fire with my non-dominant hand? I think it would. Uh, along with facing failure is the uncertainty of the outcome. You know, I kinda kinda alluded to it earlier when I was sharing the the lessons, but each time that I head outside with my bow and spindle and socket and hearth, Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make fire or not. I visualize myself doing it, I, uh, I connect with that feeling of, hey, I made fire, I just blew an amber into life. But I don't know, necessarily, for sure that it's going to happen. So uh, I think that's a, a great lesson for anything in life is there are no guarantees, there are no or very few uh, certain outcomes out there. Every time that you're trying something, you are taking a chance. Um, to do a quick illusion, every time I hop in my car, there's potential for something to go wrong. Um, mechanical failure, someone else driving into me, uh, road conditions, uh, someone's road rage, just a lot of stuff that potentially could happen. But I get in the car and go and do what I'm going to do anyways. Um, I trust that things are going to work out. And I have always had things work out one way or the other. Uh, not to say they're certain, but that's happened. So, you know, to, to tie it to the, the friction fire, it's it's uncertain what's going to happen, but there is going to be something beneficial even for me just taking that intent and getting outside to practice for a little bit in the rain or to practice a little bit in the wind. And that ties me into the, the next lesson or, or wisdom is that connection as part of nature. I am going outside to do it because, uh, yeah, so sometimes the smoke from the woods that I'm using isn't necessarily the thing that's appreciated by everyone as a smell. So I go outside and I thought that for me, it would be really important to know and to be aware of the challenges and changes that happen in different weather conditions. So For example, this afternoon, I was outside, it was sunny for a bit, it was really windy for a bit, Uh, it got cloudy for a bit, and then it rained for a bit. I was still outside and just practicing away, not really having the goal of making fire as much as just getting used to managing my body and orienting myself so that I could protect the embers. If... There was a wind blowing, so that I knew uh, which direction to turn or how how wind was affecting what was happening with the smoke. Uh, if I was getting smoke, it's another way to connect with the nature. I am. Um, I had learned to do it, or I watched people do it barefoot, and I thought, "Oh, that's kind of strange, but okay." And then I watched several videos online, and most of the people who were doing the demonstrating were doing it barefoot, and I thought, "Huh, okay, there might be something there." So I started doing it, and In a way, it's a different type of connection, you know, being barefoot, touching wood, I'm touching a natural surface of the earth. And I usually am on concrete when I'm doing this. Uh, The grass has been quite wet. I'm not a huge fan of unnecessarily getting myself wet unless I have to. But come the summertime, I will be in the grass doing this. Or on the dirt or somewhere else. But I am getting that connection with nature. I am outside doing it. So I've got the the air blowing in my face. I've got the UV light and the natural light shining on me, even if it's raining. I've got the precipitation or not uh, coming out of the sky. I've got the sounds of the birds as they're chirping away now that we're approaching spring. I've got the the vibrant colors which are starting to pop. Um, it's it's a way to spend more time outside, more time as nature more time with and in nature so that has been a great lesson because as i mentioned uh not, not necessarily what you want to do is to get your dwelling smelling like smoke um, now if it is sagebrush smoke i love the smell of the smoke and the fire that comes out of me using my i still have my original spindle and hearthboard. It's, uh, they're both getting getting low, but I still have them, and it is a such a different smell from the cedar that I've been using out here. Uh, one that really connects me to my memories of the course, my memories of the desert landscape, and uh, my memories of ancestral connections. Friction fire is also a way to tie in, as I mentioned, ancestral connections to ancestral connections. This would have been the way that ancestors of ours stayed warm, cooked their food, kept predators away. Back in the day, this is a really useful skill to have, but it's also a way to connect in to feel a part of something greater than oneself to be to be and connect with skills that would have been critical for staying alive in in days gone by I think that's a really cool thing and I think there's a lot that we can take from the act of making friction fire but also from those ancestral connections that we would have had to our landscape to our environment so we knew which woods were better suited for this, which woods were better suited for that, which ones would be great as tinder, which ones would be a little bit harder, so we could use them for spindles or hearths, which ones would be pliable, so we could use them as the bow. Which ones might be straighter, so we could use them as a bow drill if that was or a fire drill if that was what was going to happen. It's it's really neat. And I think that it's important to stay connected to that knowledge and that wisdom from the past even as we move into a very technology-centered world. And like I said, we've got these magical things. I've got a little plastic deal. It's about an inch and a half high, and that makes fire. I don't need to ever make a friction fire, but I think it's important to know as a backup and to have that connection to the past. I I feel more empowered knowing that I have an alternative way. I'm not dependent on a single technology. Uh, <laughs> friction, fire. Um, so yeah, the, uh, there's also a lesson in wisdom in uh, learning one's body. Uh, the the biomechanics aspect of anything we're doing in life, whether it's walking, running, carrying a backpack, sitting in a desk, uh, posture can be important. Um, you really can, can feel what's working or not in your body. And a, a simple tweak of body position can have a huge impact. And I think that without doubt, carries out into many of the activities that humans take part in. Um, for me, I've noticed it was first getting calluses on my hands and uh, getting, you know, be having fatigue in the muscles that I hadn't used in that way for a while. but now that it's been a couple months that I've been practicing, it's been really neat to see, hey, I'm not getting tired anywhere near as fast as I used to before. I can go a lot more strokes once I've got the fire or the um once the smoke is billowing i can go a lot more strokes before i feel like i need to stop and or i'm much more aware of when that smoke has changed it's a subtle change of of smell of texture of color but hey that's that's ready to go that that's that practice part coming in again uh but it's also having those you know calluses on the hands but also in a way like re-engaging with the senses and picking up those subtle sights and subtle signs as you get better with things as you spend more time with them you're aware of little nuances that i definitely wasn't aware of when i first reconnected to everything the last little bit of of wisdom the the nugget i wanted to share is and then the ember catches because I can remember the first person that made fire on the course I was on and it was such a magical experience to watch as the ember was smoking and it was in a little fire bundle. And uh, once that caught to see the expression on the person's face and the eyes light up and this just exuberance, this joyful wonder, um, amazement, excitement display across the face but also in the body and the you know the appreciation that others of us who are watching had it was a magical moment to to see what happened because you've just spent you've expended energy you've expended time you've expended uh resources but to see that to get a little ember and then to to care for it to blow on it to watch the smoke thicken to see the ember glow and then to see it blow into actual flames that then become a fire that you can cook on that you can stay warm around that is such a transformative experience i can remember getting it once on the course and being like wow okay i just like it it wasn't coming for me then but to to notice that and to have that connection the first time i made fire many years later a couple months ago was so empowering and magical and joyful i was more excited for that than other things that have happened over the past year that in i'm sure other people would argue are much much more exciting and and a a cause for celebration for me it was getting fire from rubbing a piece of wood against another piece of wood with the extra mechanical advantage of, uh, rotating it on a piece of parachute cord. Um, but that, that was something that was such a powerful experience because it was that transformation, that movement of my body with the natural materials that I had put together and the p to create fire by friction it was something that i had created entirely it was my effort had gone in and created this magical entity that i was then watching and that i then put into a little coffee can and watched the fire burn for like that almost brought tears to my eyes it probably did bring tears to my eyes because there's been so much smoke in them from jobs I've had building fires and tending fires in smoky and rainy conditions that they water very quickly. But that was something that really moved me to a deep level because I had just made fire on my own with materials. I had made fire. And if you've never experienced it, I highly suggest you give it a try because it is powerful, my friends. It is. It can be transformative. It really kickstarted for me you know it was the inspiration to get back into it but then it was a hey i just made fire wow i feel empowered i feel strong i feel confident what else could i do that maybe i thought i might not be able to it really did spur that those thoughts for me and i'm sure new new doors and new pathways have well they already have opened other ones are opening in the future because it was that connection it's it's now become an experience of watching the ember catch watching that fire burn that has created a spark for all kinds of new creative ideas around the podcast all kinds of new creative ideas in looking for opportunities and locations in all kinds of different avenues for life and a way to inspire and empower people It's something that I could teach a friend right now how to do. Uh, I would definitely love to practice more to get better at doing it, to get better at recognizing the species of trees and wood that I'm using uh, to connect with some other environments and just to spend more time to help facilitate that experience for others because it's just one example of one of the many ways that time outdoors or connection with nature as our true nature can inspire and empower and can lead us to to help others to uplift to enliven to to raise the vibration of everything out there so with that i want to say thank you for listening friction fire it's something that i think is really cool and i would love to to help anyone who's out there who wants to learn more uh if you're nearby and want to want to come meet me somewhere and uh, play along, that'd be awesome. And uh, a big thank you to the people on my boss course who taught me how to do it. And to many of the amazing people from all around the world who have put videos up on various different platforms, so that I could watch and learn and see different ways of approaching it, different uh, materials used in different locations and uh, share that joy and that wonder and that amazement of seeing pieces of wood turn to dust, turn to embers, watch that amber glow and watch it turn into fire. With that, I bid you adieu for today, friends. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> Alrighty then, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for joining me, friends. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. I hope you get a chance to go outside and breathe in some fresh air, or that you've already been outside and perhaps you're even listening to this at the end of an incredible adventure. If you get a chance, it would be wonderful if you could leave a review at the podcast hosting platform that you found this on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, a whole bunch of other things. Drop a review. That is fantastic. It helps spread the word, share the benefits of nature, and share some of these inspiring and empowering stories of what we can all do when we put our minds toward it. Spring is in the process of spraying here where I am. I hope that things are starting to look, oh, look brighter, smell sweeter, uh, get warmer wherever you are. And we will catch you next week for another episode.